How do you create a standout portfolio? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But now Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Command Z Show. Did you like that one, Shelby? That was a good one. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks. Welcome back. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Shelby, how you doing? Yeah, pretty good. I'm in a new space. I think it's looking pretty nice out in Command Z land. Who can't see me right now? But it's very green, very lush. It's nice. Which I'm not outside. That made it seem like I was outside. I'm just in a different office <laughs> that has green walls. <laughs> just uh, doing the podcast outside these days. I'm out in the trees. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Could you imagine? What's the temperature there right now? Um. Oh, geez. I think it's a little lower today. I think the high is like 36. Okay. So About the same here. Yeah. Uh, no snow here. Do you have snow? Oh, I have so much snow. I have so much snow. <laughs> like two feet of snow outside. It's awful. It's the worst thing. Hmm. Yeah. Icy. Not fun. Well, um, no. It's kind of fun sometimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you get out there? When was the last time you made a snowman? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I was sick when all the snow was coming down, but I could watch the kids outside. There's like a big hill behind me. Like they were all sledding, right? And then yep. people were making snow people of all, like all over the place. <laughs> it was so fun. It was like, I was so jealous. I kind of just want to. People were sledding down the street because nobody could drive anywhere because there was so much snow. <laughs> so they were just That's using cool. the streets to sled down. It's like, I'm, I'm so <laughs> jealous right now. Mm-hmm. That's what we need that to do. Jealousy. Made by Things Retreat this summer. We're going to go someplace cold and we'll go build snowmen. It'll be super fun. <laughs> nice. Uh, you were so jealous that you started making snowballs and throwing it at all the kids and yelling at them. Dude, I wish. Keep it down honestly. out there. I would be so cathartic <laughs> for me, though. <laughs> I'm just going to chuck some snowballs. That's one of, one of the fun things about uh, being a parent is sort of like reliving a lot of these like things that you used to yeah. do. Like, I don't know, just little stuff like that. Like you go like... 15 years without making a snowman and all of a sudden now you like making snowmen like every day um and uh, i don't know it's fun i do that Sled with riding. my dogs but like not the same <laughs> <laughs> i'm like here experience no <laughs> nice <laughs> All right. On that note, hope you all enjoyed this podcast. <laughs> uh i believe we have a question today that we are going to go over. Very important question. How do you create a standout portfolio? Ah, uh, yes. The portfolio question. Um, <laughs> there's... I, I have... I guess let me start here. Over the last year, I have probably looked at... Whew, maybe close to 600 to between 600 and 800 portfolios, I would say. Um, that is, this is not something that I'm bragging about, but it is something that I feel like has given me some really interesting insight yeah. to be able to answer that question. 
And um, I guess let, let me start here by going all the way back to 2008 when I graduated college. Um, the Art Institute of Pittsburgh is no longer around today. Um, and it was such an interesting time. So the years that I was there, I was, so from 2005 to 2008 is whenever I was there. And it was a really interesting time where portfolios at that point, like when I first started going, portfolios were still like, we we're talking about like motion graphics. We're talking about reels here. Mm-hmm. Um, reels were still like made on VHS tapes and sent off to people. Yeah, Like we were kind of like, we were at the tail end of that. And like, so I feel like I saw it go from VHS tapes to now we're sending DVDs to people to by the time I was done with college, now we are just emailing people, uh, our web portfolios, basically. So it's just a really interesting experience, just like the teachers never really knowing exactly what to say, because they're like, I don't know, it's all changing right now. What's it going to look like? Right. And uh, I, I would say like, so for for me, whenever I graduated, it was, you know, we, there was a, a set process, right? You still had to apply for a job. You had to send send your reel or send your website to people. And um, yeah, I, I guess what's, what's interesting is that the three years that I was in college, everything was just changing constantly. But I feel like since then, since 2008, 2009, it's been relatively the same now, like since then it's, it's kind of strange where it's like, there's so much change and all of a sudden like, Nope, our, our general process again of applying for jobs, whether it's freelance or full time is still the same as what it was whenever I graduated. Um, but one of the things that I, I guess it's really obvious initially that you're like okay well if everyone's doing the same thing like how do you how do you find a way to stand out a little bit because here's the thing like we should all always be looking for some kind of advantage right Mm -hmm. like there is no like one way and it has to be this way forever like there's no rule book there's no law saying that it has to be done a certain way um and uh i just for me, I was like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't. How am I supposed to stand out? Like, whenever everyone's just kind of doing the same thing. And for me, so I graduated at the end of two thousand eight. So going in two thousand nine, it was okay. I mean, a, a tough financial time. Uh, a lot of layoffs were happening. Very similar in the industry as it is kind of right now, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm applying for hundreds of jobs and not getting any callbacks from any of them. Yeah. The interviews that I did had were just not positions that I even wanted anyway. <laughs> I would have taken them if they were offered, but I didn't even get an offer on those. Um, but I probably wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been a good fit. Um, and I don't know. Um, I guess fast forward a little bit now to the experience of now being on the other end of this where it's like, okay, now I'm the one receiving all of these portfolios. 
And I mean, I'll definitely say I, I feel like that number is a lot higher than it normally would be. But again, I, I feel like with a lot of the layoffs and stuff that have been happening, when there is a job opening of any sort, like people are really jumping all over everything. I mean, just even this morning alone, I have four uh, people asking for asking if there's any open positions right now in my email inbox just from this morning. And it's, it's tough. Like I really sympathize for everybody in this position right now. I know it's tough. Um, unfortunately I'm like, I don't, we don't have any open positions right now. All the best I can do is just save your contact information. But even still, like to be completely honest, like we have, we have a whole freelance database of, of people that are good in certain skill sets. There are hundreds of people in that. Um, as far as full-time employment goes, I have a whole inbox folder basically of just people that I think would be good Mm -hmm. if an opportunity ever came up, but I can't, there, there's so many there that I just can't even go through and organize it at this point. Um, and again, with all the, the messages that I get, I can't respond to everybody. Now, again, I, I bring all this up because this is the same experience for a lot of creative directors, business owners at this point, is that um, we, we get it. Like the industry just has more, has more people than there are jobs at this moment. I, I guess I believe that. And uh, I guess that's why I, I like this question because it's real easy to just send out 300 emails to people with, you know, just your demo reel and asking if you might be a good fit or asking for a conversation, like whatever. Um, Because like, I, again, I get it. Like I, I was there, I was doing that exact same thing, but it didn't work then. And it's not going to likely work that well now. Yeah. There's so much competition. Again, I don't, I don't say all this stuff to kind of like make everyone like, upset or just hopeless or anything like that. Cause I, I do think that there are ways to stand out still. Cause here's the thing, like from a skill set perspective, when I get hundreds of people applying for a job, it is not likely that one person is significantly better than the others. Yep. Like skill sets are, are very comparable. So I'm often forced to kind of look at other things too. Like, okay, so of, I guess, let me just go through this, this process a little bit. I may have done this on a previous episode, but um, the last time we had a job opening for a motion designer, we had about 400 people apply for it. And I, I, I do think I went through like kind of how I narrowed that down, but um, mm-hmm. I would say of those 400, there was probably 50 that I'm like, these people are very good. Yeah. Like, based on talent skill, like these people would be a good fit. So then at that point I'm like, okay, well, how do we narrow it down some more? Um, you know, as a, nobody's going to like this at all, but like as a business owner, I also have to pay attention to finances. I have to pay attention to how much everyone is asking for as far as a salary goes. Now, I have to be very careful here. <laughs> um, I, you know, my goal is never to just like under 
pay anybody. But I will say that some people ask for double of what other people ask for. Yeah. And whenever that's the case, it's not up to up to me. Like I, I ask people generally, like I'll, I'll give a range when we do a posting of like, Hey, here's how much we're, we're looking to pay for this. Um, and when people respond again, I'll take those 50 and I'll be like, all right, of these 50 people, let me send a message, ask them, what are they looking for as far as uh, salary goes? And, you know, if I say I'm looking for 60 to 70,000 and somebody says I'm looking for 150,000 a year, I'm like, uh, we just can't do that. Well, especially that's that's not something that's like, you know, I don't think you're going to get canceled for that, Matt. It's like, if you're out of scope, you're out of scope. I mean, like, (laughs) that's just how it works. It's okay. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's it, though. It's. um you know, we generally have to look at like, okay, where are people coming from? Like, I'm not saying that these people that are asking for that aren't worth that, Yeah. but there's a lot of factors involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a remote team and maybe you're asking for that because you're in a very, very high cost of living area. Yep. And if there's other people applying for the job that have a similar skill set, you know, I have to kind of make a business, business decision at that point. Right. Yep. Um, so that generally narrows people down by half, I would say. So maybe of those 50, maybe we're down to, we'll say 20 or so. That um, I'm then in this position of like, okay, now all of these people, they're in our budget. They have great skill sets here. I start looking for a lot of things such as, um, I guess, how, how do I think that they would fit with the team? Mm-hmm. Um, personality wise, uh, skill set wise, like if if somebody's like really good at like hand drawn animation and we have a gap there, that becomes of interest to me. Yeah, where I'm like, hmm, like, like I can see how this person and this person can work together. That's that's kind of honestly what's gotten more fun. Like the more people that I hire, is just each person. It's kind of like building a set of Legos, right? Where at first, with Colin being the first Lego, it's like, okay, <laughs> the options are endless. Like, which Lego do we start with? But once we start, you know, building <laughs> this Lego set or building this team, yep. you start to see, or, or maybe it's like Tetris. We'll say. I was just going to say that. It feels like uh, Tetris is like, what pieces fit where? <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's like, um, I don't know. I guess that's, that's probably a... a a good example because it's like you know you have these little gaps you, you have these, these holes that you need to fill and when you find people that can fill those areas it's just it's good for everybody on the team when you can do that yeah um so i would say after i'm done with that process i'm probably down to maybe eight people maybe between five and eight people mm-hmm. i'm like okay i can see exactly where these people fit in um they have good skill set. We can afford them. And then um, usually from there, I'm like, all right, let's try to let's interview people now. Yeah. I would say I usually interview at least three, sometimes upwards of seven, eight people. Um, it, it's not a particularly fun process because you know that 90% of the conversations that you're having are not going to work out. And it's, it's kind of tough, but you, it's just one of these things where you kind of like have to, like, I, I hate the idea of getting someone's hopes up. Like if it's, 
it's just not there. Like I, I know how that works again. I was there. Like <laughs> I remember doing all these interviews and stuff, you know, were you going to yeah. say something, Shelby? Well, no, I was just going to say it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because like when you're conducting those interviews and you know that like, it's not going to work out. I mean, it's, it's not just hard for the other person on the other line. It's hard for us too. And especially you, cause you don't want to disappoint somebody. Right. Yeah. It's, and yeah. So I, I try to have as few amount of calls as possible. Like I'm trying, I'm always very honest with myself. Like if, if I, at, I don't know, at this point, it's like slivers of advantages where it's like, oh, this person has opened up Cinema 4D before, like, <laughs> and this person hasn't. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy how tiny yeah. these, uh, these margins are, I guess, of what makes me choose to interview one person over another. But when we get to the interview portion of things, I, when I interview people, sometimes, sometimes I do believe that one person might have an advantage of some kind, but again, whenever, like that's at that point where I'm like, okay, I need to just talk to these people and see like, what are they interested in? Mm -hmm. What are their goals? Um, like again, just trying to figure out how do they fit on the team a little bit more and, um, you can see general attitudes of people. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I will say is like, um, this, this is always a tough one when it comes to personalities because people can't change the personalities that they have. Mm. I'll say that <laughs> this might be another one here. I think that more extroverted people, are generally at an advantage when it comes to interviewing. Yeah. And no, obviously you can't really do much about that if you're a very introverted person, mm -hmm. but I feel like you could still make up for it in other ways, right. Of like, of having a lot of passion for this stuff of having a desire to want to do great at this stuff and to just be a good team person overall. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I can confidently say that I've hired both. I've hired extreme introverts and I've hired extreme extroverts. I can tell you that I love what happens when you get them both on the same team. Yep. It's, it's really interesting. Um, it's the whole yin and yang, yin and yang thing <laughs> where it just kind of makes a whole kind of, um, and, uh, I don't know. Ultimately what makes me select a person at that point, you could almost, you could almost put it down to luck at that point. Yeah. Cause to me, it's, it's a feel thing where it's like, all right, based on that conversation based on all this stuff, like I, I feel like there's something that really is telling me that this person would be good. Yeah. I don't have any clear answers for that, but I, I have a good feeling that it's also the same with other people making these decisions. So this is the extreme long answer of, of this <laughs> question here, but you cannot control that last step. Right. And I feel like a lot of people are really kind of focused on that last step rather than the 10 steps before them. Mm -hmm. 
So if I kind of take it back a little bit, I guess. In order to, I guess the, the first place to stand out, of course, is your portfolio, right? Because yep. again, that's what I'm looking for first is there is a, a benchmark of you should be really good at this stuff. Uh, it's it's a it's a bar of sorts, right? Like you have to be able to clear this first bar to be able to make it to the next rounds. Yeah. Now I do not make this a game show, but it could definitely be one. <laughs> um. So, so, um. Yeah, when it comes to portfolio, one of the most important things that I'm looking for are: did they read the job posting? Mm. Maybe this sounds kind of strange here, but. That's the first, that's what I'm looking at. I wrote that job posting very specifically looking for a very specific kind of person. Now there's a lot of people out there that'll get really upset when they do not fill a lot of, or all of those requirements that I'm asking for. And they'll say, Oh, this is bullshit. He's just asking for a unicorn kind of thing. And yeah, of course, why wouldn't I ask for everything that I'm looking for in somebody? Exactly. Do I expect everyone to have every quality or be able to prove everything there? No. And so, but like most of them, I would say you should, you should be able to check at least three out of every four boxes, I would say. Um, so it's, it's easy for me to narrow down the people that just are not good fits. I'm looking for a motion design person. All of a sudden I get a bunch of illustration portfolios. Your work could look great, but you it's just, it doesn't match the description that I'm looking for here. Yep. So I guess if I'm going to start counting these, the first way that you could really stand out in a portfolio is going to be following directions. Um, it is, yeah, looking at that description and I don't know, being honest with yourself, like how much of this do you actually check off? Mm-hmm. And the stuff that you are not checking off, those should be things that you are very interested in at least. Yes. So if if in there it says must use Cinema 4D uh, and let's say you don't have that ability, but you maybe you check most of the other boxes. But when you see that, if you're like, no, I'm never doing 3D, then it's probably not a good position. But if it's something that you're like, oh, you know what? Um, that is something that I have interest in. Like, I would love to learn more about Cinema 4D. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's enough for me to check that box for people. If they, again, just have a passion of wanting to do that thing. What do you have? I would say. Right. Right. I, I would say. If. I don't know where I was going with this, but. <laughs> um, I, I guess. What I would do personally to stand out at this point would almost be copying the job description and pasting mm-hmm. it in an email back to somebody and saying, okay, I do this, I do this, I do that. I don't do this, but I'm very interested in it. Yep. I don't do this. Like, I don't need a giant cover letter explaining how badly you want to like be at a certain company or a certain industry, whatever. Um, I mean, I appreciate those things, but... I would much rather have a response to exactly what I asked for. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, 
on, on the, again, if we're kind of going back to this whole, like, okay, well, the, the standard has been just send your portfolio to the people that are hiring. Right. And that's kind of it. Um, you can do that, right? You could, you could send off your, your reel into an email into the person that's making a hiring decision and it might work out for you. You might actually get the job. Like I'm, so I'm not saying that you have to do all of these things. I guess what we're talking about with this question is how are you trying to, what are the ways to stand out? And um, again, so that's the first one. It's just proving that you understood the assignment basically. <laughs> um, now, again, whenever I said like from there, I narrowed down to 50 people. So if you qualify for this, you already put yourself into the top. I don't know the percentage here, but <laughs> uh, what is that? Uh, 50, uh, 100, like 15% or something? Yeah, something like that. No, that can't be right, is it? I don't know. Twenty <laughs> percent, maybe. Probably twenty. Yeah. I would say. Anyway, it puts you in the end of the top. Yeah, probably around there. Um, we'll say it puts you in the top twenty percent of people if you just follow directions alone. Like, think about that for a second. Like, how crazy is that? Like, I, I'm not even asking you to like jump through any hoops or anything. I'm mm-hmm. literally just asking for a certain job description. It's the bare minimum of like, uh, but again, if you feel like they're knowledge. right. And that already puts you at a B grade. Exactly. Honestly. <laughs> if you just show up. Um, <laughs> so uh, again, so I was talking about like, you know, at that point I'm looking for um, people that are looking for a salary in the range that I'm, of what I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the first thing that I said. Which is, if I put a range here and you tell me that you're way out of the range, now now we're talking about, if you could just do these things, now you're in the top 10% of people applying for a position. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I don't know, that's pretty incredible if you, if you really think about it. Yeah. Um, that it's really just kind of the basics. If you can just focus on the basics, you get to that point already. Um. Now, I guess at this point, we kind of get to the, I don't know, we'll get to the personality bits. Um, I guess I'll share something that I don't normally share. And that's, if if I have you in my top 20 of people that I would like to hire, I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at all your social media accounts. I will find whatever weird video you made when you were 10 years old. I will find it. Um, yep. It's it's not something that I particularly pride myself on, but it's something that I it's my due diligence. I have to do that, right? It's important. It's to, it's um, important to understand the people that you're working with, right? And and I want to yeah, I want to understand what that passion is. I want to understand where it came from. Yep. I want to I want to see the stories that you tell when it's it is personal. Um, if I can't find much of anything on you, I don't know. Like it's it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's one of these things where when I start to see this stuff, when I start to go on your Facebook or your LinkedIn or Instagram, like, I'm, again, I'm trying to see what are, what are you all about? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is one place to, to have a, if we're talking about a portfolio as a whole thing here, that is one place to have a standout portfolio. Yep. It is just being able to tell people about yourself effectively. Um, 
I say this because it's, it's something that we do as a company. I make a lot of videos. I put myself out there a lot. I try to speak. I, I do all these things. Um, and, you know, it's generally a, a marketing strategy, right? Like mm-hmm. my strategy is get out there, start building relationships with people before they're, before I even know who they are. And it's a really effective thing for us. Like looking at like the, our about video, that's one of the most effective videos that we do. You know, we have all this work that we've spent hundreds of thousands of hours on, not a hundred thousand, maybe thousands of hours on, I don't know. (laughs) Um, And uh, you know, that stuff is good, but again, that's, that's it. That's, that's the bare minimum, right? Like you have to do good work, but beyond that now, um, if I can start sharing, what am I all about? What are we all about as made by things yeah. that makes a difference? Like it 100% makes a difference. So I guess that's one of the things that I would say to think about for everybody is it's a, it's, it's about so much more than just your work. It's also just about who you are personally and what you share. Um, so again, if there if I can't find anything out about you, that's not necessarily like a bad thing. But these people that put a lot of content out there that like really kind of show some of their expertise in this stuff and talk about their work, it it shows a passion for this stuff. It shows me that they're willing to be uncomfortable to push themselves forward to do better. And that's that's a really cool trait that I feel like everybody on our team basically has is that now, again, I'm not asking anybody to work without getting paid for it, but I, I do. I want to know that, like, are people really passionate about this stuff? Um, because everybody else on the team already is. It's so, so it's like, I'm not, I'm not saying that like, oh, they have to work late or whatever. Like they have to be thinking about this stuff all the time. I'm not saying that, but I have to also think about what that's like putting somebody in with the rest of the team. If this person is only interested in just sort of, you know, getting that check and just getting out of here. Um, that's, I, again, I know a lot of people probably won't like me saying that, but that's, that's, that's where we're at. You know, like this is, this is the creative industry. We all chose to be here. This is not something that we've generally fall into. It's not something that, I don't know. It's, it's not like other jobs, right? It, it takes a lot to, to be here and to stay here. Go ahead, Shelly. I don't think that that's out of line at all, because I think that that is something that should be expected. And I know it's a thing of, okay, well, you should be separating your work life and your personal life, right? But what Mm -hmm. are you doing in your personal life that's engaging you as a creative person? You know, when you're posting online, when you're, you know, actively putting your work out there, are you doing work outside of your normal working hours? Because as a creative, you probably should be doing a little bit here and there. I mean, if you want to build your portfolio, if you want to be able, I mean, I, I'm doing creative work all day, every day outside of it's like, oh, okay, here are my regular working hours. Like, okay, I'm going to be doing some other stuff because it's like, this is important. And it's important to me as a creative to have as much work as I possibly can. And how much can I create? How much can I write? How much art can I make? It's important because we are in a creative industry and it is competitive. I mean, 
we like to pretend that it's not, but it is. And there is, you need to do something that makes you stand out and makes you show that you are so passionate about this, that it is, you know, it's a part of your life. It's not just the work. It's also a part of your life. Right. I I think that's a good way to put it is it's not necessarily that I'm looking for people that are workaholics or anything like that. I'm just, I'm looking for people that are truly passionate about this stuff. And there's a lot of signs that I can find by looking at personal pages or again, I guess going to the next step here, it's one of the things that I absolutely love to see is people that make their own short films. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has a story that they felt like they needed to tell. Yeah. To, To me, that's, that's one of like, the absolute best ways if you're looking to stand out yeah a reel is great but tell me a story yeah and if you can if you can captivate me with a story if you were involved in all the aspects that tells me that you understand the process and you won't be surprised when i put you in a position of responsibility Mm -hmm. and i i guess that's that's the thing like um so the the person that we did end up hiring for that position, she had several little short films, short clips, stuff like that, where I'm like, oh, okay. Like, that's a great fit, especially because we want to be able to do more of that kind of stuff anyway. Exactly. Um, and yeah, like, again, we need technical people that can specialize in certain areas. That's great. But for certain roles, you know, even for that stuff, I'll say like, I want to, it doesn't have to be a short film. But I should at least be able to to learn something about you from seeing some of the work that you're doing personally, right? Um, and that's so the the 3D artist on our team, one of them, um, he has a whole portfolio full full of just characters, mm-hmm. just models and stuff like that. And that's like and he he does want to do a short film, but um, he he i don't know like every single thing that he's made like it just it tells me a real story mm-hmm. this was not an assign a school assignment this was something so much more and so much more powerful so i don't know like i don't expect everybody to be like this storyteller on our team but when i see that stuff you're standing out for sure like <laughs> I don't but know. that's also something that's important There's, to our team uh, though is the ability to tell stories because that's something right. that we do I mean, that's a really important aspect. So it's something that, of course, we're going to be looking for people who are actively interested in telling stories and using, I mean, even if it is like, oh, I'm not telling a story right now. I'm working on character design. How is that character design telling a story just in itself? What does that say about you? But yeah, but all I was saying, though, is it's really important to us as storytellers that we have people on our team that are also interested in that. That same thing and show and their work shows that they, they care. All right. So now again, if we keep going down this process right here, if you can show those things right there, um, you're probably going to get an interview mm-hmm. <laughs> with us anyway. Yeah. I guess let me, let me pause here for a moment. A lot of people believe that the things that they can do to stand out are sending messages on LinkedIn um, sending emails to me, asking to chat for a few minutes about a position. I just, I can't do that. Nobody can do that. Nobody can just chat with everybody individually about a position that's open. Yeah. Um, again, I, I feel for you, but if I was to do that, I would literally be just booked with calls for like a month straight. Yeah. Um, 
that that is not the way to stand out. Maybe it used to be. Maybe it used to be a way, but it's not anymore. You have to stop and and look for the next next way. Um, you know, not not to say that it's not a good idea to have a personal touch on things. Like I 100% believe that that is a a, a good thing to do. Yeah. But I mean, you can you again, certainly try whatever you want, but just don't be surprised if you don't get any responses. I, I guess I believe that it makes more sense to f- focus on creating a short film <laughs> for yourself than it does to start reaching out to people privately about job openings that they have, especially whenever they have a process of how to apply for the position and you try to just change the process. Yeah. Um, again, it, it kind of comes down to just being able to follow those, those directions initially. Um. Now, okay, so fast forwarding now to the interview portion of things. I expect everyone to be nervous when I'm interviewing them. It is almost a little bit of a concern to me when someone's not nervous. (laughs) Um, Again, I'm not going to say it always is because some people are just better at talking than others. But I just, I think a lot of people will think that because they're nervous, they're going to screw something up. They're going to say something wrong. Sorry, kid just got home from preschool. Um, but like, I have people say some really weird stuff. Yeah. And it's funny to me because I just, I guess I'm a little <laughs> bit awkward myself. Um, but I, I would never hold that against somebody if they like accidentally said something stupid. Um, I Everybody actually knows. like. It's okay. Just like everyone says stupid stuff. Right. Right. And like, I'm not going to say like, you need to go do like interview classes (laughs) or like practice your interviewing. Like, sure. Maybe if you just want to know what to expect of like the questions that I'm going to ask, which I ask different questions than most people probably ask, but um, (laughs) like, I I, I feel like I give interviews that people can't prepare for because I don't even really know what I'm going to ask. It's just a conversation. Um. That was, that, I mean, that was like my interview was, was exactly like that because I mean, you told me, you would send me an email. You're like, Hey, um, I'm not going to hire you, but do you just want to chat? I was like, okay, sure. I'll just come <laughs> chat with you. So I just went on and it's like, okay, we're just going to have like a casual conversation. And this is what I'm about. And this is what I do. Yep. No big deal. But I mean, right. there's still that little bit of a nerve of, Oh, you know, maybe who knows? Maybe there's something mm-hmm. there, but I mean, everybody says stupid stuff when they're nervous. And I, I completely sure. agree though. If you're, if you're not nervous for an interview, that's so concerning. You should be a little bit nervous. <laughs> it's okay. You're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, I, again, I, I guess I generally feel like I can sense these things. Like anybody that's giving an interview, like they're generally nervous too. Like I'm, I've given so many interviews and I get nervous before them too. Mm-hmm. So like not as nervous as I used to be on the other side of the table, but like <laughs> I still get a little bit nervous. So for me, I'm like, all right, let's try to get to the humor aspect of this thing first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like let's talk about something that can really lighten the mood here. And I, you know, I might say, I, I ask questions like, okay, well, why are you leaving your current job? Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably one of the hardest questions that I ask because it tells me a lot. (laughs) And I know that people want to be careful about how they 
like they don't want to say, "Oh, my boss is an asshole," and <laughs> you know, because if if I hear that, then I'm like, hired. Okay. when you're friends, then you can say that it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's kind of the that is kind of one thing that I do notice is that people are generally different for their interview than they are once they actually start working. Yeah. So again, I don't. I put some stock in an interview, but I don't put a whole lot into it. Like I can get, I can get general vibes, I guess, but I can't yeah. like know the 100% truth. Um, and again, I don't, I don't expect that. So to me, there's, again, that's why, that's why I feel like seeing your personal projects actually tells me more about you than in a live interview might, because you can't, I mean, you could lie about that stuff, but like, it's just a lot harder too, I guess. And not that I think that people lie even on purpose for that matter. But like, if I say, okay, have you ever done anything with Cinema 4D? Um, and they're like, oh my God, I haven't, but I can tell that there is a right answer to this and it's yes. Yeah. So they say, yeah. <laughs> um, Where's that work can, at on your portfolio? I can, Where is it? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't. That is something that I'll definitely think about. Like I, I might ask, like, "Oh yeah, like if you have anything, show me." But again, I I know what it's like to be in the pressure of like, "Oh no, I know what the right answer is here, and I I can't." So I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is like I I expect honesty, yeah. and I prefer honesty. But even if you fib a little, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm probably not going to hold that against you. But if you get started with us and then I'm asking to, for you to do a Cinema 4D project, um, you basically have until the moment that you fib a little to the time where I ask you to work on something to figure this thing out enough to be able to use it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so again, at, at that point, it's like... It's just general feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, all right, this person would be good. This person might not. So I can't even give any advice on getting beyond the top 10 people or so to be hired for position. Because at that point, it it, it literally is pretty much a crapshoot of like, I, I don't know. Like at that point, I'm usually like any of these 10 people would be good in this position. Mm -hmm. But it's like, well, which one feels like the best decision? And it's just something that you, uh, for me anyway, I, I think about it a lot. I write about it and, you know, stare at their portfolios for another couple hours, hoping that something jumps out at me, taking notes, making pros and cons lists. Like I'll do a lot of things there to come up with the final answer. Um, and it's, it's really tough because those, those people that you're like, oh man, like this, this person right here was like my second choice. And they were so close and it's, it's difficult to tell that person, sorry, like uh, we went in another direction yeah. because it's like, man, like if I could hire two people, you would be one of them. Like, I know that you'd be a good fit. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I, I know that doesn't really help people so much if you take second place in this whole thing. Right. Um, it still sucks. It still feels horrible. Like if, especially if you made it that far, if you had an interview, potentially even two, and you didn't get a position like that's that's heartbreaking 
Like I, I know it is. Um, but that's kind of the nature of this whole thing. I, I guess I generally feel like if you're in somebody else's top two or three, you're going to be in somebody else's top three easily as well. Yeah. And I don't know, like you got to take that as a sign of like, all right, I'm doing the right thing. Let's just keep doing this. Um, you know, at that point it's, let's keep building the portfolio, keep applying the same way. Um, in a way that has to be treated as a victory. I, again, I know that that's hard to do, but it should be seen as that. Um, yeah, that's, uh, again, I, I, we didn't talk too much about the portfolio itself, honestly, but I guess it's probably because I feel like that stuff's talked about a lot already as far as like, okay, let's make sure you have all these different skill sets. Again, like just the most obvious thing that you can do is just look at the job postings that you're applying to and and literally count how many of these boxes, what percentage of these boxes can I check? And if you're at 75% or above, apply and explain to the person why you can't check those other 25% boxes. That that would be one of the biggest standout things that anyone, nobody's ever done that to me. But like if somebody did, that could be something that gets them into the next phase. And I would respect that person more for that honesty, to be really honest Mm -hmm. of, okay, you were willing to say, yeah, I don't have experience in those things, but I am interested. These are the things that I have done. I want to learn. And I mean, such a big thing with me and obviously not a creative director, but as a producer, a number one thing for me when I'm figuring out if I want to work with somebody is, are they easy to work with? I would rather hire somebody who may not have the particular like, oh, best skill set in the world, but is easy to work with. Then, and I've said that a hundred times on this podcast, but I just want to work with people who are, who are easy to work with and honest and upfront about what their abilities are. So that way we can work through those things. I would rather just have someone who's honest. Right. What's really interesting is that I've interviewed a lot of people in the past that you can tell that they came to an understanding that maybe they weren't really that easy to work with and they were mm-hmm. trying to change. Yeah. And I really think that's really fascinating to me because I'm like, oh, okay, like this person has good self-awareness. That is something yeah. that I'm always looking for. Um, I guess I say that because it's like, Pay attention, right? Like, do you think that you are an easy person to work with? Or do you think that sometimes you might make things a little more difficult for everybody else around you? Yeah. Because you're 100% right. And that's that's not something that I can generally tell through an interview. That's mm-hmm. At that point, we're talking about the 90-day probationary period yeah. of people that work on our team where, okay, for these first 90 days, I want to see how how truthful you were. I want to see this passion. I want to see great work. Um, and I want to see that you're an easy person to work with. Mm-hmm. And if not, then it, it might end before that 90 days, to be honest. And um, it's not something that I choose to use often, right? I like to give people a, a good, fair chance. And sometimes I can tell within 30 days and sometimes it takes longer. But either way, yeah, just being a good person to work with. I don't know. If you can, again, if you can, if you can check boxes on that job description, and if you can be just a 
good person that people want to work with. Man, that we're talking about you're in the top 95th percentile at that point, probably. Yeah. Um, so I, there, there is no secret, right? And I think that's what a lot of people want. Sorry, I'm getting into some final thoughts here. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there is a lot of people want to know like, okay, well, how do I make that standout portfolio? How do I, like, do I make a certain thing? Do I show a specific skill set? <sighs> no, there's, there is no one thing that you need to do on your portfolio that's going to just completely change the game for you. Outside of maybe developing a film of some kind, Mm -hmm. if I can see a full project that you've done that's similar to something that we've done, that's going to stand out. And other companies are going to feel the same. If somebody focuses on 15-second ads um, and you you don't have a whole lot of that stuff, build some 15-second ads, even if they're fake, you know? Um, yeah, it's just that stuff's, sorry, kid's screaming again. He's fine. Um, it's just, it, it goes a really long way with people and it's just, it's little things to pay attention to. Now, obviously again, like if I do feel like, you know, you should get portfolio reviews from people that you know. Um, and I'll, I'll get into that in just, just a moment. Um, but you should never stop growing or building your portfolio, right? Yep. If you are applying for jobs, whether freelance or full-time and nothing's happening, there's a chance that maybe the portfolio is just not where it needs to be. And you can continue to keep developing that stuff. All right. I'm gonna pass it over to you. Let my kid cry for a little bit. Um, I think just kind of like as we were transitioning into our final thoughts, I think I, I like that you mentioned that there isn't one secret. There isn't like one main thing of, oh, this is going to make you stand out. Because if there was, every single person would do it and nobody would stand out. It would be boring and it would be the exact same thing that we're getting right now. You need to go, I think, I mean, and this is something that I've always done, is I look at what makes me special, what makes me different. I mean, I make feature films. That's weird. Cool. I can focus on that. What do you do? What is special about what you're making, what you're creating, about your style? And how can you emphasize it in a bigger project that you can show and put on your portfolio? Because that's what I want to know. What is it about that? What is your storytelling? What it makes you really special? And what are you so passionate about? Because that is what's going to really separate you from, okay, I have great technical expertise. That's great. But how passionate are you about that? What makes you get up in the morning? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I love that. Um, Before we go, uh, you know, a lot of this kind of revolves around a a new idea that I've recently had. Can you hear him screaming really clearly? (laughs) (laughs) It's quiet. He's fine. Okay. Um, Anyway. <laughs> basically a, a lot of like a, a lot of the requests that I see from people are for things like portfolio reviews. Truthfully, the people that could probably best give you honest and great reviews are simply too busy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things that I've always I, I've always thought about. Whenever I was younger, always asking these people that were like in these creative director roles and stuff like that. Like, I want these people, the people that look at my portfolio and decide if I'm going to get a job, 
those are the people that, you know, you generally want to have reviewing your portfolio. Yep. Um, and basically, you know, that kind of gave me the idea of like, okay, how do you get these people uh, more willing to be able to review some of these portfolios that, that people need some help with? So I started uh, makecreateacademy.com. All one word, makecreateacademy.com. You know how this goes. <laughs> um, and basically what we did was we opened up kind of three separate options for people to get their portfolio reviewed. Now, at first, it's probably just going to be me, but this is one of these things where once I can start developing it a little bit, I want to start getting other artists involved, other like, we'll say bigger name people that have a, a lot of really great experience that can give you a lot of honest and constructive feedback. So, you know, the first option is we're, we're doing short reviews. So for $39, we're doing 15 or 10 to 15 minute reviews. Um, we basically say this is good for like, if you just want your reel only to be reviewed. Um, and we'll basically record a video going through uh, everything that we see in that reel and giving you some, some honest feedback. Uh, the, the next step then is at $95, we have our standard reviews, which are 30 to 40 minutes. And um, yeah, what we say is these are good for like full portfolios. So if you wanted your reel and the rest of your portfolio to be reviewed, um, same deal, get honest, constructive feedback, and this would also be recorded. So then our top option is a live review. So for $200, $200 you get, basically get an hour um, a scheduled hour with either me or somebody else that I, I trust very much um, to give this live in-person review, which, you know, I've done these in the past and um, the, the recorded reviews I think are super beneficial, but this live one allows you to, to now ask questions back in real time yeah. and be able to kind of, you know, just be able to navigate a lot more stuff and be able to get a lot more things covered in in that short amount of time so yeah I, you know i basically consider this uh almost like a, a college textbook right where it's like you know you spend 200 dollars on some textbooks and they basically teach you nothing personal and what we're trying to do is make this an extremely personal experience one that i've truly never seen before but i think that i i believe this is something that I wish that I would have had, I know it's something that I wish I would have had because I would have used it all the time. Yep. Um, I, I feel like stuff like this to be able to get that personal feedback is so much more effective than taking courses and stuff like that. Like this is, this is personal as exactly like, you know, this isn't just some tactics. This is let's dive into your specific scenario here and be able to give um, this unique feedback that, that maybe you're looking for. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'd say there. So uh, again, that's makecreateacademy.com. And uh, yeah, I, I, other than that, I, I appreciate everybody for sticking around in Command Z land, as we call it. Um, we'll be back next week. And until then, I love you. Bye. The Command Z show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.